I'm Sir Flobojan Thunderhammer. And I'm Teflon Frosthammer. And I'm Cabbage Tidehammer. And this is Whack. If Ampguard Knighthood means anything, you can't knife a motherfucker and keep it. And the thing that people need to understand essentially about arts and sciences events is that your scores don't matter. You want a black phoenix or a white phoenix? Jeez, language, man. We're yeah, on right. a freaking podcast, for fuck's sake. Mind-blowing experience, right? Hey, you guys. Hey. Hi. Hello. What's Amped Guard? I don't know. Oh. All right, to, bye, everybody. Have a great night. To, <laughs> podcast it, over. It's a fever dream that you had when you were 12. Ah, I knew it. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to wake up one day and have been 12 the entire time. I feel Th- like that's I'm not a fear now. that I have. Is that a fear? That, yeah, no, no, it's just not. not like a... I feel like I'm gonna wake up and then have to go to fifth grade or some shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like no There's joke. Parts this... of that would be that would be really cool though. Yeah. Like, what is what was the um? Oh, what was the old TV show where it was like all in a Recess. snow globe? No, no. <laughs> all in a snow globe. Yeah, like the whole thing. It turned out that it was like a kid in a hospital looking at a snow globe and everything oh, that happened. I forgot. Oh, what oh that was is. that Elmo... a Twilight Zone? No, episode? no, it's like Elmo. Somebody will tell us it's fine. Elmo's world? Is that what you're no, trying to say? No, not Elmo's world. It's like St. <laughs> Elmo or St. Uh, damn it, it's fine. It, it, this is not the point of the show. Um, we are actually uh, recording our wrap-up for the What the Hell is Guard series. Um, this is our most newbie-centric episode. Uh, if you have already listened to the other episodes, you have not wasted your time. Um, this is just sort of answering the most uh, common questions we get from newbies. Um, so we're going to tackle things like what to expect at your first event, what do you bring, um, you know, how long can I use loner gear before my park's going to tell me to, you know, and how do I get new gear, that kind of thing. Um, so that's sort of what we're tackling today. Um, before we jump in, we didn't have any major audience corrections from the last time. Um, Seth Riel pointed out that uh, there is actually a step softer than uh, what we call parlor LARPs. There are some LARPs that are basically like living uh, a TV show or a movie or something like that, and it's all very scripted and that kind of thing. So like there's, more on rails sort of thing? Yeah, very on rails. Um, I well, not like Westworld, but similar in that you're living a <laughs> a, th- a thing. You know, Westworld's a much darker interpretation of what I think it, it is actually it, is. I think it's very utopian, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Westworld goes places. Soundtrack's amazing, though. Um, so with all of that out of the way, um, we can sort of jump right in if you guys want to. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So uh, let me pull up my outline here uh, for people watching. Oh, and we've we've actually, I think, got this in 4K now. Um, we are using new camera, new lighting. Uh, some changes still going to happen to the studio, but way better video quality. We yeah. all look horrible. Yeah, and I think that if we, <laughs> and I think with the playing with the lights a little bit more, we could get rid of. It. Jeff and I have like raccoon eyes constantly. You, yeah. you guys don't have to worry about it, but we got some raccoon eyes going on. I think that we can fix it if we move the it's light. It's your, around. it's your Neolithic ridge. Is that what it's called? Yep. <laughs> Cavemen, both of you. <laughs> um, so uh, let's... whack does caveman poetry. Oh, yes. Yeah. Fire no. good. <laughs> yeah. Fire good. Um, okay, so uh, we we have the newbie corner. So first question I have here, and I, I polled a few people um, and sort of, you know, to, uh, dealt a lot with my initial experience in Anthgard and the questions I had that I wanted answers. Um, so the first thing that we have, uh, how long will my park let me go on loner gear alone? Free, oh. free for anyone to answer. It kind of depends on your park to some degree. Um, and how equipped your park is to deal with uh, new people as far as the gear goes. Gear, I wouldn't call expensive per se, uh, unless you start getting into kind of higher quality stuff. Um, and 
because you can land like if i made a sword i probably could make it in the 10 to 15 dollar range um but that it is at low quality um and not necessarily low quality low um effort effort maybe the, it won't be the not... most balanced sword it won't be super light yeah it, you know it won't yeah, have yeah. a hand-sewn cover made out of ripstop you're gonna get a stocking i mean yeah when i when i mean quality i'm looking at like i don't know higher end material and it will be lower end material but not necessarily any less uh functional functional or breakable or something like it's not like a low quality when we think of like a low quality headset or something where it's really crappy or something right. the, the crappy part of low quality weapons is typically weight um it's not necessarily uh time of use i guess right um so i i have seen and heard often uh something like four weeks uh, as as kind of a standard that will depend on your park obviously and, yeah, and what they have available weekly then it's going to be a little longer usually yeah um so let's tackle by, this then by monthly not I, I think that i think that the big answer that we want to push here is just like in every other aspect of life people are going to be polite and let you borrow stuff but don't put yourself in a situation where as the new guy you start to become a burden that's right. not going to be one week that's not going to be two weeks like there's most of the people that you're going to run into have been playing for a year or yep. more at this point, they get it. They were new once too, right? But and everyone is going to be willing to help you get your stuff. Yeah, and, absolutely. And we'll talk about how to acquire gear and stuff like that. But yes, um, if you're at the point where you've been using loaner gear for a while, I guarantee you there's somebody at your park that wants to help you make your own stuff. Because well, if another newbie comes through, if you only have one or two sets of loaner gear, then at right. some point you're going to have to be not the newbie anymore. Yeah. yeah. You, you... And if you're looking to, to make your own gear or something, you can always ask for an ANS night at your park. Absolutely. Yep. If, so if you're the type of person, too, that I'm going to interrupt you again. Yeah, that's fine. The, if you're the type of person, too, that just is like, okay, I'm never going to make my own sword. And it's week two, week three, week four. You know, you're starting to get up there. Just say, hey, does anybody have a sword that I can buy? Yeah. yeah. yeah I'm the type of person that I, I'm not good at making swords. And I don't want to learn. I would rather throw money at that particular problem than learn to make a sword. Because we already have people like, Jeff makes really good swords. Lucas makes really good swords. Uh, Beefy <laughs> at our park makes really good swords. I bought my swords from Beefy. He did. But that doesn't mean you don't make good swords. Um, Gun makes really, really good swords. Oddly good swords. Uh, <laughs> but I... I, I don't, and it's not a skill that I want to acquire. So, you know, hey, does anybody have a, a sword that I could buy? I've got, you know, 20 bucks, 30 bucks, whatever to spend. Some of them might say I need more than that or whatever, but it's a good place to start. So buying gear is actually part of the outline. Um, we'll get to it. Um, but yeah, yeah. what I want to talk about beforehand is if you if you get to that point where you've crossed that threshold, you're on week five or whatever, um, and you can always ask your park, but once you get to that point where – uh, you know, you're sort of still on loaner gear. What happens from there? Mm -hmm. um, so the most immediate thing, and I think the most obvious, nobody's going to, you know, tell you to get, you know, go fuck off or anything like that. You can you know, probably still keep using loaner gear, but it may be prioritized over another newbie, uh, right? So like you've, you've been coming for five weeks, you don't have your own sword. Somebody new shows up. Hey, we're going to let that guy use your sword for a little bit. Um, because we do have, you know, we want to keep new players coming and things like that. Or so. you've got two swords that are loner gear swords, and you were fighting with both of them, and now we have another newbie, so now you each get one. Yeah, where that's you're less effective, and you're new, so it's kind of hard. Right. Um, the other thing is you're a peasant now. 
Um, and, and what that means uh, is specifically when we're doing things like battle games, if you don't have your own garb, if you don't have your own swords, um, you can no longer play that class that you liked. If that was bard or, or whatever, uh, you know, barbarian, um, you're now a peasant, which means you get a single short sword and nothing else, no perks, nothing like that. Um, we mentioned, uh, uh, Teflon and I actually went over the classes in a previous episode, um, and and we kind of discussed how peasant is sort of a punishment. It's, it's kind of telling you, you know, hey, you've got to get your, your stuff together. Um, so that is the other thing that happens if you no longer have uh, gear past whatever threshold your park has set. Um, so it's not a bad thing. It's not a, you know, you can't play anymore, but we really want you to get geared up and, and sort of start bringing your own stuff out uh, so we can grow the game. Yeah, so my kind of rule of thumb uh, for a peasant is kind of an effort thing, right? Like, it doesn't have to be amazing garb. There's a lot of pictures and, and things on, like, Pinterest or, Bed or sheet something garb, like man. that. It's well, fun. not even just that. Like, if you go and get, like, a... Broad, what are they called? Broadcloth at Walmart? No, I'm even talking lower as that, man. Like a, a shirt that buttons from like the mid chest up. I don't remember what they're called. Like the two or three button shirts. A polo you, shirt? Yeah, like a like kind of like a polo shirt without the collar, right? Okay. And you, a poet shirt, uh, A right? Henley. It's called a Henley tee. Sure. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a Henley tee. I, I know this. Um, of course you do. You're bougie. But you, you cut the buttons off and then you take like even just shoestring or something that's from an old shoe and you lace it through a little bit and you've got kind of a very peasant like look garb um i should probably shouldn't use peasant in the same thing but you get you get a, a garb top that is semi uh medieval. commoner yeah commoner a commoner top uh that looks vaguely medieval from a distance and things like that uh good check mark you are no longer playing peasant as long as you have a sash like yes. it's for me um yeah, uh, pants uh a lot of people use scrub pants but they're expensive uh at least i feel they're expensive um, you can find them sometimes at thrift stores and stuff like this. And a lot of stuff, if you're looking for um, to cut corners as far as Costco's and things, thrift stores really are your friend. Absolutely. But it's going to vary, you know, by what's there. You're kind of limited. If you have a, a decent top piece, like a decent tunic of some kind, so maybe not what Teflon has just done, but, um, you know, something that is at least made and has, you know, some, some structure to it, um, you can get away with neutral colored, uh, like, leggings or, like, joggers even uh, and then just boots like that honestly hits like hits the aesthetic pretty well um you uh, know. with mine like i have <laughs> there's a pair of pants that i found in the thrift store that they're like a random brown banana republic pant or something yep. like that that i got like for five bucks or something and with the the shirt tunic thing i was talking about will make you look medieval enough yep no Again, problem. this is this is about curb appeal. This is about you know looking the part, um, but also it's just you know about you sort of putting in a, a, an amount of effort that says you're you're willing to play the game. Mm -hmm. um, so if you want to buy gear, um, and we'll talk about garb and weapons separately because I think those are two. There's I don't think there's one place doing everything there's at a, least. I think there's one. Okay. Um, so I guess for I got swords, split, actually, no. So I guess it isn't anymore. Yeah. So we'll talk buying first and then making next because there's different options for both. Um, but for swords, uh, there are a lot of shops out there. If they, if you don't have somebody at your park who will make you one, uh, you know, for twenty bucks or whatever, there's uh, Gorg the blacksmith. Gorg Gorg stuff is great. Yep. Uh, uh, G is in gamma. O R G is in gamma. Gorg. Um, yeah, we'll drop a link to Gorg in the in this video. Yep, uh, yeah. Uncle Stinky's workshop. Uh, we'll put a link to the Facebook page for that too. Yep. There's Smiling Foam Works. There are there are several different options, and if you Google LARP weapons or Boffer weapons. Um, you kind of have to be careful because our, our rules have constraints and guidelines. Well, not really guidelines, constraints and parameters that they have to fit. Yeah, so this is what I was going to say. Those sites will specifically say, 
if they make amp guard legal weapons and if they don't assume that they don't yeah absolutely um, but if you if you google uh uh like even just google amp guard legal boffers you will find some resources and places where you can buy them um i can tell you buying swords online typically ranges 50 to 100 dollars um now granted if you get a gorg you know uh their secret bat is i think their amp guard cross gaming sword yeah um you're gonna get a 36 inch short sword that is legit pretty damn good yeah um but you are gonna pay 80 dollars for it so you know keep that in mind it might be less than 80 i don't want to stick a price on gorg and, and commit to that but you're paying a, a pretty I, penny for a sword yeah i haven't looked at the prices uh here in a little bit this is kind of one of those things where you're really getting what you're paying for yes so i mean whatever that whatever that company charges it's worth it's it's worth what they're charging mm-hmm. correct Their stuff's really good um now for Their shields are too yeah, yeah. Now, for Garb, um, your options are, are way more open. You can find some pretty medieval-looking stuff on Wish. Uh, you know. Or... Yeah, um, I know Metro has some uh, rust pants that he got from Wish uh, mm-hmm. for 12 bucks, um, and they are great. They're actually really, really good quality. Well, I wouldn't say really, really good quality. They're, they're good quality in that they probably won't tear in like the first little while, like year or something like that, that yeah. you're wearing them and stuff like that. You know, that's going to vary if how hard you are on, on, on your leg whenever you, you go down or something. But... Right. I'm going to give a huge shout out here, and I know that all of us were uh, were thinking this too. But Lennon, yeah, the uh, the the Lennon Garb, yeah, the young lady that runs Lennon Garb is amazing. She is willing to uh, work with you on dye colors too. Um, if you've ever seen any of the pictures of Zeb wearing that blue tunic that goes down to his knees, that's long sleeve, that's Lennon Garb. I think most of the triads have one at this point. Um, the prices are super reasonable. It's 100% linen. Um, which and means that even at long sleeve, it's breathable. It's mm-hmm. great in warm weather. Um, even though yeah. it's like you were saying, long sleeve linen breathes really well. Um, it's also really well made. Um, so when you get into making garb and you get into working with linen, you will understand how much of a pain this stuff is to work with. Oh yeah. Um, you have to do, you know, really good finishing on all of your seams or else it will just fall apart in the washer. Um, and this is all done on a professional level with really good gear. Uh, so, yeah, linen garb is also an option for the higher end stuff, to be sure. Yeah, it is more expensive. But if you have the money to spend and you're looking for something that is absolutely going to look 100% period, do it. They also have specials that they'll run where they have a piece of garb that has some kind of really, really intricate, really cool embroidery on it. Um, that changes ever, ever so often. It's every year. They actually run a yearly pattern. Oh, cool. Um, so they'll, they actually take a historical design and they'll show where they got the design from. And then they'll show the tunic that they've made based on that design. And so every year you can actually identify, uh, the years of linen garb. Like you can see Zeb's tunic, uh, uh sorry, Sir Gillen's tunic. You can look at it and say, Oh, that's the 2017. Like that's, you know, because it was the, that one was the one where they had found an actual Viking tunic yeah. still preserved with all of the knot work. And they just copied the knot work. Yours right. is the Coptic, right? Mine is the, the 2020. Uh, Vidalia got it for me as a birthday gift. Um, and yeah, it is the Coptic Egyptian design. It's really cool. Yep. Um, for garb, your options are way more open because there is no Amped Guard specific garb. Medieval, sword and sorcery looking, uh, whatever you can find that fits you. There's people fine. running uh, sort of steampunk-ish kind yeah. of garb and stuff yeah. like that. You're, you're not, you're quote unquote limited through the rule book but that is realistically thrown out the window if you look at neverwinter so <laughs> yeah and i really want they all to... look like medieval firemen <laughs> neon green medieval firemen yeah, yeah. the or construction workers i see you regan <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong but yeah it, like buying buying garb is uh um 
it's super easy. Uh, again, hit up thrift stores. I know that it sounds dumb, but you're going to be able to find something there. And uh, uh, maybe we should do that. Maybe we should go um, and, and actually just show what you could do. Well, this is a whole thing store. that Beefy has wanted to do. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. So then yeah. my, Beefy's we, going we, to have a uh, preview. Thing. Preview here. <laughs> yes. I have a gimbal coming. Um, oh yeah. Okay. To, so to stabilize the camera with that, this is the new camera that we're everyone's watching us on. We're actually going to. Having not ever gone to this store to check and see if it's going to be a good spot for us to record or anything like that, we're going to grab the gimbal and go, and we're going to walk in and take you over to the cloth section and say, look at this. I mean, this is this is 20 yards of cloth yep. for five bucks. So let's actually, this is a good segue. Let's talk about making stuff. Buying sure. garb, super easy, wish, who yep. cares? Um, mm -hmm. You know, get your stuff. Um, buying boffers, just make sure that they are AmpGuard legal when you buy them. And we've listed a few resources. We'll put some links in the description below for all of this, obviously. Yep. Um, so for making, like Vidalia said, you can always ask your regent uh, to host a local craft night. Um, and this is where you'll all get together and, you know, sort of do stuff. You're, you can talk to your regent specifically about what you want to do. Like, Hey, I want to make garb or Hey, I want to make weapons or shields or and, whatever. And they can organize like cr class instructors in that specific topic to come out to the ANS night to teach for that night. And they or should through. be able to give you a bill of materials too. Yeah. Or through yeah. some resources online. I know there's some YouTube things like, I think Valkyrie made Russ pants one day, mm -hmm. um, on YouTube. Or well, is on YouTube or something. Over like COVID, that. there's been a lot more online resources yes. put into this. So yeah, there are so along classes and things like that. Um, specifically, Alona, uh, she's Kelly Lee on YouTube, uh, has the entire Spring Medieval Academy up on oh, her YouTube channel. Yeah. We'll link yeah, that. And they they did tunic making classes, all sorts of stuff. Um, so. It's really informative. A lot of times when we're talking garden stuff, you will probably need a sewing machine. I never uh, like to see people doing hand sewing, to be honest, because yeah. unless you really know what you're doing, it's going to fall apart. Sometimes yeah, so, it's the only way to finish a stitch. Yeah, I Don't. mean, finishing stitch is different yeah. than so, making things. But also on top of that, that doesn't mean you need to go out and buy a sewing machine. No. For a lot of people, they do. Um, but you can, again, sometimes find them at thrift stores. Um, well, I and, found and a lot some of people, actually good quality ones there. Yeah, and a lot of people will let you borrow them, too. Yeah, that's yeah. where I was going to go next. Is, and don't touch that. their tension dials. <laughs> don't touch Beefy's tension dial, anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was what, one thing that I wanted to cover is there's, there's three traps that I want to see. I, I do not want to see new people fall into. The first trap is one that I kind of covered earlier. I want to explain to you exactly how simple it is for you to have garb when you come out. Yep. You could go to any store, Walmart or something like that, go and get their broadcloth, which is the cheapest cloth that they have. It is either, I think it's 28 inches wide. These panels behind us are covered in broadcloth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, these are just Walmart broadcloth. You can go, it's about 28 inches wide, and it's folded. So if you were to open it up, it would be double that, right? But if you go get that, cut down one side, now you have two sides that are open, and it's just a big sheet and cut a head hole out and put it on. You can take a, another a piece of cloth tavern. and belt it around it. Boom. You've got a tabard. Most simple thing. Now. You didn't even just cut like a hole out of a pillowcase head and then cut up the sides. Tie yeah. mm -hmm. a belt around it. Boom. Tabard. Now here's the thing. That's going to be the temptation when you start out. Because the idea is going to be well, sewing is going to be way too much work or something like that. Don't. Sewing's, sewing is not hard. It doesn't matter that you've never done it before. It doesn't matter what it you know what it looks like on TV or anything like that. Sewing super simple. Um, you'll have people there that uh, very likely have sewing machines that you can borrow or something like that. Um, 
take that exact same amount of money and just make yourself an actual decent piece of garb. And don't be discouraged if you mess up while sewing. I mess up while sewing all the time. That's what seam rippers are for. It's just a matter of patience. Um, it, it really is. It's a. It is an order of operations, just like math. And and if you know, okay, I have to set this and make sure my bobbin has thread on it. And I don't think sewing them on math is a good. I'm way just to saying, go about you know, it. you you do all the things. You make sure the foot's down, and then you go. And most of it is just straight lines from one point to another. It's like mm-hmm. baking. You just follow the steps. And, and make then... it up as you go along. That's how I bake. <laughs> you don't bake then, friend. Yeah, that's cooking. <laughs> oh, that's cooking, yeah. Baking is math. It's very specific. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't math. Yeah. Um, so you can... But here's here's the thing that we're getting across here, um, or that we need to be getting across. Um, most parks are happy to do a crafting night. Um, most folks are happy to let you use their sewing machine. They're happy to show you how to do this stuff. Um, because for a lot of us, a crafting night is an excuse for me to finish a project I've been putting off forever. Um, or for even more of us, a crafting night is an excuse to go hang out with your friends. Yep. Um, and that's fine. You know, everybody else may be watching uh, whatever the MMA fight while you're sewing your tunic, but somebody will come along and help you out with your thing. So it's <laughs> fine. Um, and you can do this for weapons. You can do this for uh, garb. You can do this for other gear if you want shields or Making pouches. belts. Yeah. Um, did, the, when I learned to do chainmail, we did that. Uh, with an ANS night uh, with Mystic Glade at the time. Yeah. Um, and it was a bunch of people just hanging out. I don't remember where we were. We, we were, were at t- Flo's house at the House Artillery. It? Yeah, we were. Okay. Um, and it's, I mean, all of the stuff is is fairly easy to get in. Like you have, you're seeing a little bit wider uh, camera angle because we've got, uh, we've got Teflon and other Teflon yep. uh, here. Teflon uh, and, and Harry Teflon. <laughs> <laughs> and Wait, the, which one's Harry Teflon? You. Um, the uh. shelf right beside where <laughs> Lucas is there, you can see uh, there's belting material and chain mail and everything like that. The oh. red is paracord. Yeah. He doesn't know what red is. He's colorblind. I point. It's the one I can see. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but he yeah, doesn't so know what red is. This is not a big area. Um, I, I say I show all of that to just say this. This isn't a, a super big area that uh, that we're in, and we could probably fit. Uh, my home is about 600 square feet total. Uh, we could probably fit 10, 11 people in here mm-hmm. uh, easily. Well, you so. could fit, uh, uh, what is it, two acquaintances, four friends, six lovers, or eight drunks? How many Corollas? How many Corollas <laughs> can we fit in your house? Oh, man. Right now? Can I stay at your place? I crashed my car into my house. Yeah. <laughs> half a Corolla? I told you I was bad at math. For those um, that don't get that joke, please watch Whacked episode one through I don't know. Yeah, one forty eight. <laughs> the the joke here is that a Corolla is something like eighteen feet long, and no one in Amp Garden knows how to measure distances for our spells. Yeah, and things, so so. most a lot of spells are twenty foot, you know, uh, verbals, and so stop mansplaining my joke. <sighs> you want to keep mansplaining Thanks, your joke? Anyway. Um, so we're happy to help you make stuff. We're happy to help you, uh, sort of put your kit together. It's not something that you have to do alone. Um, in fact, most parks are are super keen on this kind of thing because it means you're going to keep coming back. Yeah. Um, so next topic on the, the newbie corner that I have is sort of what to expect during your first few park days. So you just showed up, um, you know, you found out what AmpGuard was, you took the flyer home, you're coming back next weekend. Awesome. Um, what do you, what do you expect on that first day out? So your park Everyone's going to be introducing themselves to you, of course, just like any other new social group you're part of. No um, one expects you to remember names. Yeah, no. I still don't remember names of people who have been at park for years. I'm terrible yeah. at it. Um, 
you are going to have someone uh, pull you aside and show you the basics. Basic shots, basic hit locations, uh, where not to hit in our game. Head is not a target area. Neck is not a target area. No hands, no feet. Well, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> feet if they're off the ground, hands if they're not on a weapon. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, you are probably going to get moved over to one-on-one fights or a ditch after that. This is just so you can practice all of the hit locations that you have learned. And I want to take a moment here to say what Lucas was just about to say, which is no one expects you to be able to call your shots instantly or anything like that. Um, I, I think that it was uh, uh, Clolibus, I think, who coined the term combat computer. Um, mm-hmm. But... You have you have an internal clock of oh I got hit oh wait no 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 I'm dead or my shot didn't count because that arm was already gone or something like that it gets better with time it's not something that you're just innately born with right so everyone is going to expect that you know you may be a little bit slower to call your shots or things like that just communicate with people if you're not sure what happened just be honest and say I don't know what happened. Yeah. Can all you walk me through there. that? <laughs> yeah. All of us have been there. All of us have been in situations where we were new and we got hit and it felt like we were hit 12 times. And I don't know if my shot hit you or not. And some of the experienced players may, some of the experienced players may stop and look at you expectantly like, did that hit? Yeah. And what they're waiting for is to you for you to say, I'm dead, or that didn't hit me, or my shot was late, or your shot was late, or whatever. Yeah. Again, um, this isn't anything to stress over. It sounds like a whole lot, but this is taught to you slowly. It's something that you will learn slowly, and you'll get better at it fairly quickly. And we don't call uh, other people's shots. That's no. why you kind of get the look, um, and it's trying to get an elicitor response from you to acknowledge what happened if, and if you can't, you just tell them you don't know. And yep. and this is this is not because I think I hit you and I'm waiting for you to tell me that I hit you right. so I can move on to the next guy. Sometimes there are shots that we don't see. I threw at your board and I felt like I got a deep wrap on it, but I didn't see the shot. So I threw a really deep wrap that I thought hit something. You have to tell me if that hit your shoulder or not. Because mm-hmm. often what we'll do is we'll keep throwing. I'm going to hit. I'm not going to throw that deep wrap and then stop and wait i'm going to throw that deep wrap and just keep on going and if you don't tell me that you've died then it may mean that i hit you two or three more times this i think very commonly is where we see uh newer people uh maybe get a little bit flustered is because the older people aren't trying to be mean the people that have been playing for a while aren't trying to be mean they may just have it you have to actively think I'm with a new person who may not understand all of these rules right now and put yourself in a different uh, mindset. Uh, anyone that's new that's listening to this, you have another hobby uh, who, and you've experienced something like this in that other hobby where you have a brand new person and they, they just haven't quite gotten everything together yet. Well, right? it's, um, you know, the, the one downside here is that Amthgard doesn't have a ranking system. So, you know, if you, if you want to get your buddy to try out uh, League of Legends for the first time and they play, they're going to get seated with players that are around their diff- their, their skill level. Um, in most cases, there are cases where that's obviously not true. Please. I know. Um, but in general, they're going to get seated with players that are at their level in Amthgard. There's no guarantee that's going to happen. So, yeah, you know, this but, again is... Go ahead. 
But in Card, you will get the tutorial level. So someone's going <laughs> to... Yes, you will get the tutorial. Skip tutorial? Skip tutorial. Yeah, skip this cutscene. I don't like it. Yeah, someone's going to pull you aside like Flo and like Cabbage and Teflon have been saying. They will teach you all of the shot locations, how to throw a shot, how to hold a sword. Uh, and then, then we'll push you into the deep end. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, so I actually want to double back before we talk, because I have some more topics that sort of fall under this banner. But I want to talk about names really quick, because you mentioned that. Um, and that's actually a big deal. Um, you're going to get a lot of names, and most of the people are going to have two names. Um, they're going to have a persona name, like I am Cabbage. Um, they may also introduce themselves as their mundane name, I'm Lucas. So you are not guaranteed to get the same name twice from a person, just depending on the social circle and the way people talk there. I, Because I work with some of the people at our park, I, I drift back and forth between names. Um, so if you ever get confused, don't don't feel like you have to just absorb this and then just figure it out later. Just go, hey, you were you were Flo a second ago. Are you Gary or Flo? I'm confused. Yeah, and another thing too is if you are a lot, we joke that you don't get to pick your own name in Ampguard. My name's Flo. I didn't pick it. His is Cabbage. He didn't pick it. God, uh, I Teflon wish. didn't pick his name. I didn't pick mine. Yeah. So uh, you can go ahead and create a name for yourself. And try to make it stick. If you let us know in the comments, if you do, you might be one of the first. Uh, but <laughs> if you do decide to make your own name, keep in mind the name needs to be short or have an abbreviation. And let me explain why. If oh. you name yourself Simon Belmont of so and so, keeper of the sacred flame, defender of the golden chicken nuggets, and Cool. I, you're Captain Red Pants. Have a great day. Yeah. <laughs> I can't yell that on the ditch field. If someone flanks me and yours beside me, I need to be able to say... Red Pants, cabbage, look out. Yeah, cabbage back. Yeah. Or uh, onion back or something like that. I can't do that if your name is 86 syllables long. So I'm going to then make up a name that is easy to call you. And it's going to be the most basic name ever. Like red pants. If you're wearing red pants that day, you become red pants. I have named many people based off of what they were wearing. Because we their green name sleeves. Was, I, named green sleeves. I named yeah. green pants. sleeves and I named red pants. Yeah. yeah. It was fun. Um, also, remember, too, if you get a name that you don't like, you don't have to keep it. You know, if, if I had truly hated Cabbage, I could have picked another name. Yeah. Um, usually when you get assigned a nickname, right, if somebody is like, oh, you're Teflon or whatever, it's usually because it's an endearing quality about you. Um, and if it is ever mean-spirited or rude or something like that, you should absolutely say something because that's yeah. not what we're aiming for. No. Yeah. Um, so what do we do if we're, you know, if we're first time out at park and we have people that are, I don't want to say mean. Um, I actually in my outline wrote stick jocks, and I think that also is not a, a charitable interpretation. But they're um, hyper aggressive. They're they're not, um, you know, sort of conducive to the new player experience. Um, I mean, easiest thing, walk away, right? Sure. Yeah. So. Let's touch on two big things here. Yeah. Um, first, uh, not everyone is going to be uh, newbie friendly. That doesn't make them horrible people. Again, anyone listening to this, compare it to another hobby that you're at. If you play Warhammer 40K, if you I play knew the, you were going to say 40K because it is the best example. Yeah, if you play Warhammer 40K and you actually go and do the the tabletop, everyone has been in that situation where the new person walked up and people were kind of rude to them you know looking looking back at it it wasn't a great social interaction maybe it was because you were really focused on what was going on on the tabletop and you were just like oh hey new guy um amp guard has an equivalency to that the equivalency to that is that 
Uh, I mentioned that you kind of have to be in this mind space where, you know, if I'm on a ditch line and I go up against Sir Gillen and I kill Sir Gillen and when I turn, I'm now fighting uh, Teflon and I fight De Teflon and I'm able to kill him. When I turn, I'm going to swing at you like I was fighting mm -hmm. Sir Gillen or Teflon because that's the mode that I'm in. I've just now fought two very accomplished fighters and I might remember to slam on the brakes. You call them an accomplished fighter. <laughs> Very accomplished fighters. So um, you've got like four orders of the warrior, or something. Yeah, it's something like that. Um, so the other thing to remember here is is like Flo said, not everybody's super newbie friendly. Um, you can always take yourself out of that situation and go find somebody else. Say like, dude, that guy's whipping my ass. Can I just work with you for a little bit? Um, and maybe that's the person who you know introduced themselves to you. Um, you know, anything like that. You can always go aside and say, hey, like. I feel like that guy's pissed at me or, you know, whatever. And they'll talk to you about it. You know, they'll know that so-and-so he's just really in the zone or, you know, he's practicing for a tournament, whatever. Um, but more than anything, this, this right here is a call to every local park member. If you have that person at your park, um, you need to talk to them. And you need just to pay attention to It's kind of like uh, yeah. reading the audience in a way, right? Yes. Um, this is something that veterans that are listening to this may need to, to pay attention to here. Um, you kind of need to make sure that there is a person or a group of people who are newbie friendly more often than not. That way you can kind of make sure they're always able to explain something. Um, our park is very old as far as parks go in some way. Um, not just in age, but in how long it's been around in AmpGuard. Uh, so we have a lot of veteran style fighters that are, are good and things like that. So our our shallow end of the pool is like actually closer to five to eight feet rather than, than the two or three when you just first get in kind right. of deal. Um, so it's, I don't know, it's kind of rough for us for on our newbies because we are a fighting heavy park. Um, and when I mean fighting heavy, I mean like the, We're the all kind fat. of sport, <laughs> the sport <laughs> aspect of the game. Um, so our battle game culture is a little lacking, um, and things like that. So if you're at a park that is very heavily battle game focused and you're into the sports aspect of it, then you may be looking for only a couple people who you can really fight on a 1v1 level at a, at a higher skill pace or something like that. Right. So suffice it to say, there there's always going to be somebody at your park that you can sort of talk to. That's probably the person you first talked to when you came out. Um, but there's somebody there who's going to be able to show you the ropes and sort of you know, let you know uh, this, the scope of things, and they will help you out as you get started. Well, um, if you are a park and you don't have one of those people, find one. <laughs> I found that the easiest way to deal with people who are really interested in fighting or stick jocks um, or whatever is that if they absolutely school you you stop and you go wow that is really cool show me how to do that <laughs> and most of the time they're more than happy to like show you and walk you through what they're doing um it's it's a matter of like how you handle the situation as well uh you can be proactive and uh show that you're you're interested in fighting and you're interested in learning and that uh you also think they're super cool and they'll be very appreciative of that so yeah, I mean, we the the term stick jock is sometimes used in a derogatory sense and sometimes used as a descriptor. Yeah. The descriptor being people that are just m more into the athletic side of it. And I think that's kind of what Teflon was getting at a, yeah. a moment ago. We're not using it in the derogatory sense in this way. We're using it in the descriptive sense. Yeah. So they're hard to fight. You can't get a, a, a you know, a shot in edgewise, that kind of thing. Yeah, and this also this 
there's some people that uh, aren't going to dial it down necessarily or won't dial it down very much. And they see it as respect thing to you. Like, I'm always going to give you my 100%. And when you're new, yes, that means you're going to lose a whole lot. But I benefit you more by teaching you this way than I do by putting the kid gloves on. And um, So don't, don't lose heart if you lose. 99% of Amp Guard when you first start is just going out there and having fun. Yep. It, don't even keep track of who's killing who or anything like that. If you get uh, a kill, your park will likely say, hey, man, good shot. Small goals. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, the, the Anatole episode, actually, I think is great for that. Oh, yeah. um, Anatole's wonderful. Yeah, if you go back through our catalog of episodes, look for the one that has Anatole as a guest. And he talks a lot about the mental game and about making yourself your biggest opponent. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so, actually, there's uh, we, we touched on something there that sort of segues into the next topic. And that's, what do I do if I'm new to my park? And, you know, they show up at, at Radiant Valley... Um, and all we're doing is ditching, and they want to do battle games. You know, they, they've heard about this part of Amthgard, and it's not happening at their park. What's the best way to make that happen? Ask. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, specifically, you can ask the champion. Um, they're the person in charge of making those things happen. So if you want to find the person, you know, if you want to go to the manager and, and talk to them, and I don't mean that in a bad way, um, but if you want to talk to the person who has the most ability to make a change on that, champion's your first bet. Yep. And, and the thing is, is like even at a, a, a stickjack park, um, most of them actually do like playing other games as well than just ditching. Um, but what objectives do is allow a newer player to have another focus than directly fighting the person in front of them. And that actually becomes a boon to the team sometimes, right? Like the new player, if, if you're playing ring the bell, which is basically, um, two sides, uh, and typically what's used is a shield, on either side, um, each team has one, and you're trying to go hit the other shield, the opposing player's uh, team's shield with your sword. And this allows a new player to have something to focus on. Again, that's not directly fighting the new, the the veteran players at the park over and over again, and just losing and things like this because it becomes demoralizing at some point yes um and that's something we as veterans need to remember and try and coach people into small goal mindset hey man good job you got my arm you know something like that uh, because that is something for you as a new player to to look at and be like hey i'm improving i i couldn't hit this guy last week and you know what i took his leg or his arm or something like that this week that is a good thing to look at yeah the, the way i always look at it is like i may not have been able to kill him this time but i was able to wound him and that's progress like any forward progress i'm making yeah mm-hmm. you know like i i didn't kill this person but i got three really good blocks in yeah um, and, and this is something that I was I, I was going to talk about later, but you can you know we can bring it up now. But the the how to improve thing, mm-hmm. um, we've talked a lot about setting small goals for yourself. Um, this can be something you do before you come out. So like I have come out to park before and said I'm going to block three shots before I strike, right? And so that is my goal for the day. Every person I walk up to and fight, I am waiting for them to throw three shots that I block before I will return. Um, you can make games for yourself that you play within Amp Guard that you that you use to improve. Um, so think about what it is after you've played for a little bit that you're struggling with and then invent something that you can do to improve on that. Set a goal, again, a reasonable goal, right? Not, you know, I have to block every shot ever and not get touched all day, but block one, block two. Yeah, and going back to the stick jock, re- jock reference we were using before, um, the majority of the time, if you go over to the stick jock in your park and say, I'm really interested in getting better at fighting, 
They're excited. They're they're super excited. Yeah, they're going to pull you aside and go, okay, cool, and and they'll start working with you uh, on it. That's that's most anyone at Park. Yeah, I, I forgot who said it, and this is another one of those quotes that I'm going to misattribute, and it's going to be like Stalin or something. But a, <laughs> a truly confident person isn't afraid to teach you what they know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so you know, if you see somebody that's really good, don't don't think like, oh, that's their secret sauce. They're not going to tell me the recipe. Like they'll tell you. Yeah, I'm not convinced that newer players coming up to Zeb and saying, "Hey, I'm really interested in fighting," isn't what has kept him young and fighting for as long as it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, um, yeah, okay. they'll always be really interested in something like that. That's one of my favorite things. Is like everyone talks about like newbie enthusiasm, newbie energy, or whatever, and that's really what we love to see in Amsgard is people like excited and enthusiastic to learn and participate. I there was a tournament. Um, God, this was it's. COVID has ruined my perception of time. Uh, it was before COVID at some event um, where Sir Kazan actually threw a spin shot on me in the tournament. And I was like, Dad, show me how you did that immediately <laughs> in the tourney box. I was like, show me that. And he's like, later. I'm like, ah, damn, fine. But like the entire line was cracking up because they were like, yeah, it was very yeah. good. Um, so yeah, everybody's happy to see that. It's it's super cool. Um, do we want to talk about what what a newbie should expect at their first big event. Well, bef- before we get into that, I'd like to go back about like how to request certain things at park because yeah, we yeah. started to talk about it and then we were like stick jocks. Um, so. <laughs> and the other thing about stick jocks that I hate. Yeah, <laughs> Brady Valley loves stick jocks, but um, <laughs> so. Um, it depends on what you're looking for in Amtgard. Like I said, you can request ANS nights. That's where you're going to learn how to craft your gear, your garb, uh, anything that you might use in Amtgard. Um, you can also have battle games. Uh, that's going to be your like objective-based uh, team combat uh games you can also have quests and we, we actually talked about the different play types um in a previous episode yes but i'm going to talk about how to request them yes okay <laughs> <laughs> i was like if you're about to rattle through all of them and what they are we've done this okay well typically um quest days are kind of like demarked in advance uh and I think at Radiant Valley, we're starting to do them on like separate days so that we have like a designated quest day of the month or something. And then battle games are held at park. Uh, and so you can have like warm up battle games and then whatever. Um, and so talk to your champion about quests and battle games. Talk to your regent about ANS nights. And if that doesn't work, you can always befriend your monarch and they'll wrangle them. <laughs> yeah. So the big thing is, I think we're kind of. Uh, in a way beating around the bush is find something that you like having fun with and sometimes you don't know what it is that you actually enjoy the most about amp card this is the really weird thing and really cool thing about amp card is the amount of stuff that you can do within the game is almost limitless um so if you you know talk to someone who's like oh i like playing the battle games and stuff, but I think something could be done better here. You may end up really like designing battle games and stuff and go home and just kind of write down on a notebook. And then usually there's a person at the park that likes designing them too, or something along those lines. Talk to that person, um, throw them your ideas, uh, because you may have come up with like a new standard, well, quote unquote standardized battle game that your park runs all the time. Uh, cause everyone looks at it and is like, Oh, this is a simple objective based game and we can run it with very minimal amount of material and it's really fun. The you know your park because of whatever 
number of players they have versus veteran to newbie player ratio and things like this, it works out really well for some reason. So it's a good battle game to run uh, on a week-to-week basis. Um, it could be something uh, like, you know what, I like drawing. Like, I like making anime characters or manga or something like that. And then you can bring it to park, and there's usually someone who's there who likes uh, ANS type stuff. That's what we, we call, like, the crafting things. Um, and they can kind of critique you on it and help you out and be like, hey, I use this technique for shading and this, that, and the other, and, and things like I can't really speak to that one as easily. Right. <laughs> the, um, the point here is, though, that ANS is... is a very wide river. Mm-hmm. Um, I have seen ANS where we did things like making garb and belt weaving, which are things we've already talked about. We've also had ANS nights where Cabbage showed everybody how to make bread, which I know after COVID doesn't sound that amazing, but at the time was a lot of fun. We, we, it During... wasn't just normal, like, <laughs> go make the bread, right? Like, we had starter and things like that. So, like, it was kind of and way Everybody down went the home with a, with a little starter. Again, I know after COVID, this doesn't sound like an amazing thing. <laughs> During but... COVID, everybody had a, I'm going to make sourdough phase. Yeah. And mine yeah, was, was short-lived, but it burned bright. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, other things that I've seen as, uh, as cool ANS things that people set up with their regent to do at ANS was uh, Vidalia has done a drawing class. This mm-hmm. one was online and during COVID, but there's no reason that it couldn't be in person as well. So when we say uh, ask around, we really mean ask around. People at your park, there's, there's a lot of talent out there, and people at your park might be able to do a whole lot of things. And, and making gear doesn't necessarily mean, like, always making swords or something. Um, we also did a, like, faux leather spell book yeah. thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and you, you don't only have to have an ANS night, right? Mm-hmm. If you want to get better at fighting, you can ask for a fighter practice. Yeah. And that's, you know, you're, you'll pick a night, and you'll, you know, sort of everybody get together and just fight. Here's here's something that Mandy that uh, I don't know Mandy's amp guard name. Uh, Serenity. Oh, Serenity. Serenity. Yeah, thank you. Made, uh, how, this is mirrored, so it's weird for me. Yep, there we go. <laughs> and this is just nails with the string that's been drawn between it. And this is actually just one of the bar top stools from Lowe's that that had some rounds. Like so painted and decorated. So yeah. Cool again, A N S can be a whole lot of things. This is what the triads have instead of dream catchers, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, just so everybody knows. <laughs> Um, and if you want to get better at like role playing, you can request for like uh, quest days, or you can do like bardic circles and things like that. So, so. role playing in Amphgard is—I don't want to say bottom of the barrel in a way, but isn't as focused on anymore. Um, but so usually with role playing, you'll see a lot more of on the boards or cross park type things where you have. A couple people from a park who are more interested than others so that they're usually doing something online uh, with it but that doesn't mean you shouldn't role play at park or something like that it's kind of a build it and they will come situation right uh, which is honestly amp guard in general um, much like we had said if so if your park is only ditching or something like that then if you start asking hey can we do a battle game then usually it takes a couple weeks uh, for it to really roll out but it I've never happen. heard no is the yeah. answer to that I just want to point out too, and I really wish I could remember a name here because I want a name drop so bad that even the role playing in in Amp Guard, awesome role playing, uh, just finding a D and D group or something can also happen at your park. Oh and, yeah, absolutely. Uh, someone that I was talking to, and whoever you are, please leave your name in the comments here, uh, or, or or tell us, hey, this is me, or contact us on Facebook or something. They their group met 
and made D&D groups, and they had three different D&D groups going at the same time, all in the same world, and the DMs were talking to one another. And then for their big climactic finish, all three of the groups to got together to fight the big bad. I thought nice. it was really cool. A mm-hmm. lot of parks are doing something like that during COVID. Um, yeah. yeah, there you go. But um, the other thing, um, most groups, if you if you are at a park that is part of a kingdom, and we covered those structures um, again in a previous episode, your kingdom likely has a rain theme. Yeah. Um, it, some people, there are mixed thoughts on rain themes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there there is usually a theme to a particular monarch or, or team's uh, term that they're also running, and that that will sort of um, that will inform the the style of the you know events and games happening at big events. Um, so currently, Winter's Edge is doing um, vaguely Neverland. Peter Pan, yeah. So it's like fairies, pirates, and Lost Boys. Oh yeah. my, yeah, yeah. Oh my. Um, and so if you want to just practice your role play, you can jump into that rain theme have your park pick a side right hey guys you know this is the rain theme do we want to be pirates or do we want to be lost boys or do we want to be uh, fairies or come up with your own <laughs> yeah you want to be the the alligators right yeah. <laughs> is it alligators or crocodile it's alligator. i don't know crocodiles tiktok crocodile Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. TikTok, yeah, yeah, TikTok it croc or whatever it is. Um, but you can lean into that rain theme That's as well. That's the name and of use our TikTok it. channel. No, it's not. <laughs> lean into that rain theme and use that as a, an excuse to do role play as well. Um, speaking of rain themes, what do, what do players need to expect at their first big event? So um, you will want to check with your kingdom and see how this event is uh, being housed. What I mean by that is some, it it rarely happens nowadays, but some event sites are camping only. um, And you'll need to decide if you want to camp on site or go get a hotel room off site. My recommendation is always camping on site, but uh, because you get to hang out with people more, you'll get to talk with people more. Um, If you have some kind of... uh, uh, medical conditions that may prevent you from do that, doing that, you'll want to keep that in mind because a lot of these camping sites do not have power. Mm-hmm. Um, two, so finding out whether it's camping is going to be important because if it is, you'll need a tent. You'll need everything that goes along with that, right? Or understand you're probably in your car. <laughs> yeah, or yeah. understand you're probably in your car. Uh, that's going to inform a lot of what you bring with you, mm-hmm. though. It will. It really will. Um, so two, uh, when you get there, the very first thing that you want to do uh, is fine gate. Uh, the majority of kingdoms actually have it set up to where you can't miss gate because you it's there when you're driving in. Winter's Edge almost gate, like a gate. Yeah, yeah. Um, Winter's Edge is not set up like that. Our gate is very prominently displayed usually um, with signs and things like that, but we're not the road on the way into the event or anything. Right. Um, so well, fine what, gate. Oh, and the, the reason that you're doing that is that's going to get you signed in. It's going to get you your wristband for the week. Uh, the wristband is what is going to denote whether you are of age to usually. And this may vary from kingdom. Yeah, to kingdom it may vary from kingdom to kingdom. Without yeah. with, with Winter's Edge, it's whether you're of age to drink or underage to drink. Well, and this can also denote combat players, non-combat players, things True. like that. Um, that actually, let's talk about you know getting to the site and everything as well. Um, your kingdom should let you know where the event's taking place and whether or not that is a wet or dry site. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, good point. And this specifically means you can drink at it or you can't. If it is a dry site, leave your booze at home. All of it. Don't sneak it in. Don't try. Don't try to get away with anything. Just leave it. Um, if it is a wet site, 
there will be restrictions, usually no glass containers, that kind of thing. Um, you know, just be careful with what you're doing there. Um, but then, yeah, you'll get your wristband uh, after you sign in. Now, also, when you sign in at gate, depending on how the event's being run, um, you may get tokens or something like that. You can also register for tournaments or, you know, other, other events that are happening. Sometimes they'll have classes that you can register for. So that's yeah. the other big reason to hit gate is so you can get yourself in all the places you want to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll have a very often they have schedules there as well. So you'll be able to see when things are supposed to be happening. Note that I say supposed to be <laughs> not when they actually we'll talk will. about Amped Guard time in a moment. Did we um, mention what to bring to events? So I don't want to get on that as much because in a way that's a regional thing, but make sure you have your class gear. Um, there's almost always a class game. So I'm talking mm-hmm. like sash garb, uh, what you uh, weapon wise and gear wise you would bring for your class. Um, and then uh, kind of go from there. Well, uh, in addition to that, bring extra weapon stuff, bring extra foam, bring extra tape, bring yeah. extra covers. That stuff is going to break down. Um, if you're changing altitude, it'll break down a lot faster. Um, so the last thing you want to do is take a sword that was, eh, it's fine, at your local park and take it up to Colorado and find out, eh, it's dust. Um, you know, or, or it's, it's it a brick. the other way around. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. Concrete. Yeah. yeah, sorry, <laughs> it's a brick. Higher. Yeah, so um, make sure to have stuff with you as well to repair your stuff. You're going to be fighting a lot. You're going to be doing a lot of stuff. So um, be ready Hydration, to fix that. That's really the big thing. Yeah. A lot of times uh, high, uh, water and things may be provided at the the event site or something but it's not bad to have your own case of water or something like that or snacks or or something like that uh at your kind of uh camping location or something like that or your car or something along those lines that you can get it whenever you need it Uh, extra clothes Mm -hmm. yeah blanket sunscreen here here's here's my has not failed flow in 20 years of amp guard plan for going to an event um look and see how many days the event are going to be is going to be and make sure that you have enough clothing for that plus one day. If you check the weather and see that it's going to be raining, then bring that plus two days so that you have something, some dry clothes to change into for when you're sleeping. Now, when I say clothes, this is enough garb. If you're, if you're going to be wearing a different piece of garb every day, please wear a different piece of garb every day. Um, but uh, optional, you don't yeah, have no. to do that. Oh. <laughs> Showering at events, very optional. The smell is part of the garb. <laughs> that garb's going to be standing up on its own. But yeah, it make is. sure that you have something to wear um, for every day of the event, plus one or plus two if it's going to be raining. Outside of that, camping, make sure you have uh, your tent, your bedding. Towels are really important. This is Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy Rule. Always have your towel with you. Um, like Vidalia said, um, and well, like everyone said, water. I bring a whole case of water. I've never gone through a whole case, but I've never been disappointed that I brought it. Yep. And I will now grab something like a Mio or some of the Crystal Light stuff so that if I don't want just plain water, easy way to squirt it in there without having to leave site to get a, a non-water taste, right? Yep. Snacks are, are really big. I do not care how old you are right now. As you start getting older, snacks will become more important. Well, okay, I want to make a big addendum to this as well. Um, depending on your kingdom, we say this a lot, um, your your kingdom, your monarchy, that team may not announce what the food for the event is going to be beforehand. Um, if you have dietary concerns, if you can't yes. eat gluten or anything like that. Or you, just supremely picky. Yeah, or, or you're just a, a little bitch like Jeff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm kidding. Um, but if you if you have some kind of dietary concern or if you are a picky eater, you can reach out beforehand and ask them what the menu is going to be. Um, most cases they'll tell you. Sometimes they don't know. So in those cases, um, bring you know food for you. Um, so that you do have something to eat because the last thing we want and we we do usually try to have vegetarian options and things like that um, but sometimes it's not possible to to cover every specific instance Mm -hmm. Um, so bring a cooler with some food for you as well just in case there's not a lunch on that day that you happen to be able to eat or be prepared to have to go off site to grab something to eat or something right yeah again snack wise for me personally i go grab some cleft bars I go gla- uh, I go grab some nuts of some kind, just some of the, you know, almost like what you get from a gas station that's in the little tube. Yeah. Um, you just want something with a little bit of salt, a little bit of protein, you know, normal recovery food type stuff, and also filling. So, something so that's going to be filling. Also, if you are bringing your own food, um, you know, we had a friend who came to an event with us a while back who could not have products with nuts of any kind. Like, it was one of those allergies where, like, you die. Um, so he brought his own food. Like he knew ahead of time. He was like, I'm not going to make a big deal about it. If there's stuff I can eat great, but I'm not going to risk cross contamination. Mm -hmm. Um, the event staff will usually work with you if you have an allergy that is that specific. Um, and they'll try to allocate space in their coolers or in their refrigerator in the kitchen. Um, you know, if you've brought that kind of thing, so don't be afraid to do that. Certainly reach out to the people running the event and see if it's something they can accommodate. Um, or if they can just, you know, make a feast that accommodates everyone. Um, sometimes they can, sometimes they can't. Um, but when you're packing, um, if you have dietary concerns, keep that in mind. Yeah. So you've made it to the event. You've got signed in. You have checked the schedule. You have signed up for any events that you want to do. We're on to the fun part now. Um, the event is going to run with battle games happening, ditches happening, fun stuff going on at night, um, walkabouts around the campsite, bardics going on. All of this is going to depend on how your particular kingdom likes to structure things. How... And this, this is a buffet. You can yeah. pick from that whatever you want to do. Absolutely. Um, Go sleep sometime. <laughs> yeah. Optional. Entirely <laughs> optional. It's fine. I, I have watched the sunrise at more Amp Guard events than I care to count. Yep. Um, that... Usually having super deep conversations with people, too. Or they the feel super deep. Yeah, they feel not. super deep. Um, but You guys are great. I love you guys so much. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, uh, other things to think about as, you are, as you're going. Um, I bring a little USB-powered fan. Like, I know that that sounds silly, but that's one of the highest things on my list. Uh, actually, this is a big thing portable batteries you're not guaranteed to have power and you will need your phone for the gps home so make sure you have something to top your phone off (laughs) yeah and for the longest it doesn't have to be fancy for the longest time i used one of the little portable battery sticks from best buy that was like five bucks yeah they gave those out sometimes yeah it wasn't anything super fancy but it would power my fan and it would charge my phone up if i needed it um, just enough that everything lasted till about the end of the week. Right. Make sure if you have medical stuff, you bring that like an EpiPen. Yep. Yeah. Inhaler. Yeah. Or and, an EpiPen. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> or an EpiPen. <laughs> Let the staff there know. Often there will be someone there called the Metacrat. We discussed that in yep. one of the earlier episodes. If you have something that's a big allergy, like for me, um, if I get stung by A B that might be a life-threatening thing for me. It may not, um, but it would definitely be something that was like a, we need to sit down and wait 15 minutes and see if we need to go to the hospital right now. Yeah. Um, So if you have an allergy that severe, let the staff know. 
That way, if something happens, they have a game plan together. The Metacrat already is, knows what's going on and can go ahead and get a vehicle pulled up or the ambulance called or whatever needs to happen. Yeah, and in a lot of cases, they're going to have some stuff to help out in the immediate after. So, like, the Metacrat Benadryl. will probably have Benadryl to yeah, keep stuff you, like that. you know, going. And if, if there's not a Metacrat, make sure people in your park, camp, whatever, uh, have that idea. Or, or if you're yeah. diabetic or yeah. anything mm-hmm. else like yeah. that. Yeah, um, uh, we have a friend... Uh, who is diabetic and there's nothing scarier than waking up and that person being on the low sugar side of it and us at the time not understanding that they were that they were diabetic and feeling totally helpless to uh, to do anything. So don't put the don't put your park through that scare. No, 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 we're not naming names. No, but this was this this happened to me. I was like, I think he's gonna die. I don't know what's going on. He's diabetic. Just give him some orange juice. Yeah. Motherfucker didn't tell me that. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, go, buddy, drink up. Yeah, the this is one of those things where like you want to empower the the people that you came with to be able to help you if they need to. So, um, Um, medical supplies though, in general, don't forget those. Hopefully, if you have a medical condition of any kind, you're you're already on that train. But mm -hmm. just so we said it, bring your medical supplies. Yeah. Um, so I want to go back to this timeline because I think sure. this is sort of the, the right way to take yeah, this. Yeah, I do too. So you, you go to gate, you sign in, you sort of, you know, if there's a tournament, you get ready for it, whatever. Um, like Flo said, there's going to be stuff happening depending on when you get there. Um, I can tell you right now, um, if it's during the daytime, uh, the main hangout place is probably going to be the Feast Hall or the Ditch Field. Yeah. Um, those places will be pretty clearly marked. If you don't know where they are, ask somebody, hey, where's the Feast Hall or hey, where's the Ditch Field? And they'll point you in the right direction. So if you don't know anybody and you want to meet people, make new friends, those are the places to hang out. Um, they'll be playing, you know, if it's a feast hall kind of situation, people are playing games, magic, whatever. Yep. Um, that's always fun. If um, you're super introverted or something, go find the extroverted person from your park and yep. follow them around. Yes. Yep. That's what I do with Flo. That's I, also what I do with Flo. I follow him around like a lost puppy. <laughs> Am I the super extroverted person? Yeah, yeah. you are. Yes. Oh. Talking to people costs me spoons. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. It. Yes. Oh, like the, when, fl- the flow spoons runneth over. Yeah, I know. I have to steal them from you. I'm chasing behind you. That's what you. I did when we went to Falling Fires. I was like, Flo, go introduce me to everyone. Yeah, until she, I... She, she did. We walked up and she said, Flo, introduce me to uh, to cool people. And I said, the only people here is my fighting company right now. <laughs> oh, I'll, no. I'll introduce you to them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, find somebody who knows people and say, hey, can you introduce me? You know, don't be afraid to introduce yourself either. Nobody's going to, yeah. you know, tell you to fuck well, off. Like, all, all I wanted to illustrate is like, you know, sometimes it's really hard for some people to introduce themselves or yeah, go, yeah. go talk to new people or something like that. Use your your friends that you've made at local park um, as your your buddy system kind of thing. Also, the fastest way to make friends at an Amped Guard event that I've ever seen, if you are shy or you don't like talking to people or whatever, bring a deck of magic cards with you. Yeah, something something like that. Like uh, or, a board, or game, board game or something or anything, like that. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And and just I mean, you know, just find, keep them find on you. Find something that you find very comfortable and at home and use it as a way to interact with other people. Jenga and, is really fun. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say if you've gotten into any of the ANS stuff up to this point, if you have a belt to weave, if you do cross stitching, if you are working on a leather piece, if you're anything like that, if you're just drawing a picture, go to the feast hall and just sit down and do it and yep. people will come up to you and go Hey, uh, you might have. Pe- I've had people when don't I was sitting. Don't necessarily go hide in the corner. Yeah, but you don't have to be, you know, center of attention either. I was sitting making chainmail at an ANS symposium, which is a big event that our uh, our kingdom was doing, and I just picked a table in the center, and I did it on purpose because uh, within maybe twenty minutes, 
there was six other people making chain mail around me. Yeah, if you build it, they will come. And okay. I mean, this is true everywhere, right? So if you're not uh, in a battle game or anything like that, um, and you're not, you don't want to fight, you want to cool off, Feast Hall is where you're going to be. That's where you're going to meet the most people. Um, beyond that, uh, like we said before, it's a buffet, right? If you see a cool battle game happening, uh, go find the person running it. They'll usually have something that identifies them as a Reeve or as a champion or whatever. Usually they're loud. Yeah, you find the loud guy, right? And then uh, the, ask them, say, the hey. champion? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, you could be. Oh. <laughs> um, you know, and, and walk up to that person and say, hey, this looks really cool. You know, can I get in on this? And usually you can't slot in right away for a battle game. But, you know, whenever there's a reset or something like that, they can find a way to work you in. Man, follow the big groups of people. Yeah. That's really, really the thing. For you, for you being new, um, just find the biggest group of people you can and keep following them around. Just throw yourself into stuff. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so there will be, at specific times during the event, again, this will vary event to event, there will be feasts. Um, and sometimes that feast is the big one. That's called court. Um, it will it will vary. You know, Again, they may only have one a day. They may only have one for the whole weekend. Um, but that's where everybody's going to gather again into that feast hall. They're going to eat together. There's usually some kind of meal that gets served. Um, if it is court, if it happens to be court, um, there will be a period during that where uh, everybody shuts up and the monarch will speak. Uh, they usually give out high-level awards. Um, that includes things like masterhoods and knightings. So there may be mm-hmm. ceremonies that happen as well. Take all that in. It's really cool stuff. Um, you know, if somebody's getting knighted, you're going to see a lot of people come up and, and you know, potentially punch that person uh, as part of a ritual. <laughs> um, some of them may kiss that person if they're duffer. <laughs> that may happen. That, that I've happens. Heard, I've done here tell. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, you know, you'll see real swords um, and people, you know, sort of giving speeches and that kind of thing. Um, this is one of the, you know, the oldest traditions in Amphgard. So take that in. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, you know, you're going to you're going to get awards. You're going to hear people yelling uh, hip, hip, huzzah a lot. You're going to get horse. It's fun. <laughs> I love yelling hip, hip, huzzah. It's one of my favorite parts. Yeah, absolutely. And and by the way, it's really fun to be the first person to yell hip, hip. I'm just saying. <laughs> you can do that as a newbie. It's are, awesome. Are we hip mans? Is that? I'm a hip man. <laughs> Instead of totally. Man. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's going to be your, your feast and your court. Those are things that are going to happen while you're at this event. Um, after feast, um, this is, you know, Amped Guard after dark. <laughs> um, it really depends on the culture in your kingdom, but yeah. you're going to have several things happen. You might have these things happening at the same time. Um, worst case scenario, again, everybody hangs out in the feast hall. They might have a bardic. Um, this is where everybody's going to get hey, around. Can you tell me what a bardic is? Um, yeah, it's the dick of a bard. Um, <laughs> no, uh, a, oh. a bardic. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> um, a bardic is is going to be where you have everybody, um, you know, playing instruments, singing songs, maybe doing a performance of some kind, poetry, play, whatever else. Am I just doing all the talking? This is why you're leaned back. Oh yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> Tell everyone what a bardic is. <laughs> God damn it. What? No, I don't. So I actually like bardics a lot, but I don't really like participating in them. So I will go and sit around the fire and listen to everybody, um, and they all vary. Um, let what me, the kind let of me, bardic is and stuff like that. Flo is really the, probably yeah, the me, one to actually Let me help out here. I'm going to give you the most distinct definition you've ever heard from Flo. This is the old tradition of telling story, stories and singing songs around a campfire. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, thanks for saving me from that one. That would, that was actually pretty good. Um, you may also have night bitching. Mm-hmm. And not night, K-N-I-G-H-T, 
Night ditching, but night N I G H T. Midnight mm-hmm. ditching, as yeah, sure. it's sometimes it's called. Um, in Winter's Edge, we for a long time at least had the tradition of the midnight Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did, we did, um, and we would set up lights so that everybody could see and do uh, do an Iron Man at midnight on usually Friday, Friday night. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's the it's the first night of the event usually. Um, so oh, if you end up not able to make Friday night, uh, that's fine. Showing up what we call like day eventing. Uh, is really just fine too um, and happens Um, sometimes some kingdoms have a day event price which is a little reduced because you're not there for the entire thing sometimes they don't Um, so just be aware that that might be a thing Um, and don't feel bad if you miss like if it's a a three day event so Friday, Saturday, Sunday don't feel bad if you miss Friday go ahead and go on Saturday even if you're getting there at like midday or something um Sunday is typically the pack up leave day, so if you were going to miss Friday and Saturday, don't go on Sunday because it's probably not a good idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> people are going to be getting up at eight to nine and going ahead and leaving to try to get home. I mean, again, that's going to that may vary on the event or something. Just look at kind of the the schedule of things and and go from there. Yeah, I don't think there's any event that doesn't post the schedule, so you can see what events are going to be happening there um, and sort of when they're happening and know when you can show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just like a lot of other things that we've said. If you have questions, ask. If you don't know, if you don't see uh, like a lunch, a breakfast, or a lunch, or a dinner on the menu for one of the days, hey, do, are, do does this uh, event include this? And if so, is it part of the uh, the price for the ticket? Because some some events that I've been to uh, will make the cost to get into gate a set fee that is less, and then if you want to eat, there is an additional charge for your food ticket, basically. And the reason that they do this is so that they know how much food to buy. Uh, and some, like Winter's Edge, usually will just have everything combined. So you come to a Winter's Edge event, it's you know, $25, $30, $35, however much it is to get in. Well, this is an important thing, too. Events do have a cost. They're not free. Yeah. Um, so yeah. we didn't mention that. We should. Events have a cost. Usually it's somewhere between $20 and $50. Um, it's a pretty broad range, but that's what you can expect. Yeah. Amp- regular Amp Guard, free. Um, going to events cost and the cost is because they had to rent the site we gotta feed your asses and (laughs) uh, food costs and very often because the types of quests and battle games will have some kind of material components with them that might be to mark bounds that might be some kind of costuming or something that someone has made that they're being reimbursed for but that's what you're paying for is you're paying for the fun things that are happening at the event and the food also sometimes you get little gate knickknacks mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh, belt favors uh, i talked about great eastern giving out mugs which i thought was cool as hell. So <laughs> i still wish i had that yeah we um, have uh winter's edge used to do yeah i still have some are these the tokens the little stringy bits yeah, so we gave out. This is a uh, just a little token. You might want to get um, a little. Stitch. Yeah, it's hard to see. I know here. It's over there, <laughs> and uh, it's just one of the little wooden tokens that's been wood burned with a cool image on it. It's yeah. a laser cut token. Yeah, um, that one was from one where we were doing a Harry Potter themes thing, and it's a button, so it has your house on it. Yeah, um, this is actually an important thing to note as well. Um, a lot of events have vendors of some kind. This is becoming more and more common. Um, those vendors will sometimes sell garb or gear. Sometimes they sell food. Sometimes they sell knickknacks like belt pouches and, and whatever else. Um, so bring a little bit of spending money if you can, uh, mm-hmm. because there's always cool stuff there. Um, one of the other things I wanted to talk about was the role play component at events. Okay. Um, 
because events are where you'll see more role play. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of times, again, the event's going to have a theme of some kind, and and usually you will have NPCs according to that theme. Um, You're not required to role play by any stretch, um, but it may be your best opportunity for role play. If you don't get a Mm -hmm. lot of that at your park, you're almost guaranteed to get some of it at an event, and if you show up role playing, people will have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, if sometimes there are role play specified areas too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been to some events that would have like a role play tavern where yeah. if you go into that area, you are in character the whole time. You are not breaking character at all. Everyone around you is in character. Where that is will be clearly marked in boundaries and uh, things like that. So uh, I've also been to some events where particular quests were a full role play thing. Yeah. Um, and so if you wanted to join that quest, that night quest that was happening to go find the uh, the, the fire demon, then that was a full role play thing and you knew you knew that going in. And I've been to some events where the entire you were in character all of the time and they had special ways to mark that you were out of character by taking a white strip of cloth and wearing it like karate kid. Uh, on your head to mark that you are currently out of out of character for whatever reason so um again just ask uh there are uh ask what type of role play is going to be happening there and if there's specific bounds for it and things like that and uh, don't be surprised as a new player if you uh if it takes you a moment to kind of to gauge the room and see where the role play is supposed to be happening or something like that yeah. Someone will point you towards it, just like everything else at the event. And you can always roleplay your character, even if there's not a designated oh, roleplay yeah. area. If you want to be uh, Sir Flo the Just, and you know you are a uh, a rogue knight uh, defending the weak or whatever, you know you might go up to a newbie that's having trouble and say, "I can lend you my help for a coin," and then you know just have fun <clears> with it. It doesn't matter, you know, uh, if there is a specific roleplay area or not. You want to be your character, do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, when in in a regular battle game where no one else is playing. I have. Uh, I wish I could remember this person's name. He's a cross gamer. He plays uh, 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 Dag Bell, a uh, very very tall person. Is always in character. It, it doesn't matter what the what the game is. It doesn't matter what the the battle game is. He's just always you know fear not mortals. Bob, I will uh, protect you. And it's fun. It's yeah. fun. It's fun to be a goober sometimes. Um, <laughs> so let's let's leave it off at this then. Um, events are a whole smorgasbord of things all happening over the course of a couple of days. It's going to cost you to get in. Yep. Um, there's usually you know some ways to spend money while you're there. You're going to need to know what to pack, and that's going to depend on the event, how you're staying, and how you're sleeping. Where the event is. Yeah, so you would need to look up specifically where the event is, what the lodging options are, that kind of thing. Uh, bring your you know food and medical supplies if you have specific concerns. Um, beyond that, it's a buffet. Jump into whatever it is you want to do. There's going to be something there. Um, you know, we've talked for these past six episodes about what is Amped Guard. It's quests, it's battle games, it's classes, it's armor, it's whatever. Um, all of those things are going to happen at a kingdom level event, and it's up to you to decide which of those things you want to do. Try everything on your first time. Uh, if, you know, events is almost everything that Amped Guard is jammed into a weekend yeah, yeah it's, it's the hyperbolic time chamber of amp guard yeah yeah agreed. um so it's a buffet partake of whatever like uh i think like teflon said follow the big groups mm-hmm. that's sometimes the best way because you're going to have company no matter what you do yeah um but have fun with it bring stuff be prepared most important <laughs> yeah most important do something you want to do try a little bit of everything so you can say you've done it maybe you find out i don't love tournaments that's fine you love battle games there's battle games for you. Mm-hmm. So go do it. Go have fun. Um, do we have anything else? Is that the last of it? 
this is the last episode of the the what the hell is amp guard series cool. so speak now or forever hold your peace um hmm. Any, could we could we tell a cool story about your first event you ever mm. went to about my first event or just our first events in general just in general does anybody have a cool story about the first event you went to do you remember okay first do you remember what the first event you ever went to was that's what i was trying to think i think it was a local park event um, these are a little less common now uh, nowadays, but uh, some sometimes your local park may ho- hold an event at a camping site that's much smaller than a kingdom uh, event or something like that, um, and which is what my first event was, um, and it basically was a miniaturized kingdom event in a way. Um, I I didn't really know anybody that was outside my normal friend group because like when I joined, I joined with three other people two or three other people. Um, so I just kind of ran with those people the entire event. Um, and I participated in a tournament. Um, I played a bunch of battle games. And I'm always really good about going to sleep, so I slept through a lot of the night activities. <laughs> um, I don't. I can't remember a specific instance because that's like 18 years ago. So I can I can tell you one. <laughs> and actually, this is, this is a cool thing that I just now realized after being in this game forever. Um, AmpGuard, you know, we talk about how roleplay is the thing we're the lightest on, but I also think that AmpGuard has such a culture of its own that um, a lot of times we're roleplaying without realizing we're roleplaying. Yeah. yeah. The example I have for that is my first event, I show up, um, and there are, I don't even remember who, I know Sir Roger was there and a few other folks were there, um, and they were all talking AmpGuard politics. I don't remember what or why I didn't know who those people were at the time. Mm-hmm. I didn't particularly care. Sure. Um, but they're all talking Amphgard politics, and I'm just sitting here at the table listening to them go back and forth, and they're like, yeah, but then this guy's voters will do this, and you know, this park and this this southern coalition, they really want to do this thing. And I was like, this is some Game of Thrones meets House of Cards shit. Like, this is, <laughs> what are they talking about? Like, I'm in the war room right now. This is amazing, you know? And so, like, I was just absorbed in that conversation, had no idea what they were talking about, have no idea how all that ever shook out. But I was just absorbing all of the, the talk and everything that was happening, and, like, I was in the, like, to me, that was roleplay. Right, because they were so into Amthgard, they weren't playing characters. They weren't so and so the just or whatever. They were just Randall or whoever talking about Amthgard in a way that was really engaging and really um, it, it sucked me in. My, um, yeah. my first event was uh, Flo's knighting. Oh, was it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was that was my first like day event. Um, we didn't end up staying the night. You were working that weekend, weren't you? You brought all your work stuff to the event with you. It was a scramble. The whole day was chaos. <laughs> Um, and I, I actually didn't have to bring my work stuff. Somebody covered for me for that oh, specific yeah, that's day. that's cool. Um, but I felt bad having to make them cover. So it, we day-tripped it in you know, one long-ass drive. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a fun event? It was. And that was also the first time I ever saw a court, um, which is the weird part about me is I really love court. I know a lot of people think that it's boring or whatever, but ugh. I love it because like your friends get the awards and they all look so happy and I feel like it's You get to roast your friends for the (laughs) awards they got in the background and try not to get caught. (laughs) So the first event I went to was Winter War 1 run by uh, the Rising Winds, which had either, it might have been the principality of Rising Winds at that point. I don't think that they had gotten their kingdomship. Uh, anyone from uh, RW that's listening to this, please correct me if I'm wrong. If not, it was shortly after they had gotten their kingdomship. 
Um, I had not actually been out to a week of AmpGuard. I showed up, had someone <laughs> explain the rules to me, and they said, hey, we're going to this event in Kentucky next week if you'd like to come. And I thought, sure, these people don't look like they'll kill me and leave me in a hotel room. <laughs> so How wrong you were. So me, um, one of my really good friends, Jordan, uh, and uh, a couple of other more experienced amp guarders hopped in a van together uh, and listened to music and traded weird stories. And I learned a little bit more about what amp guard was on the way up to the event. Um, we partied in the hotel room that night as much as you can party at 18. Like we didn't get drunk or anything like that. Um, got the cops called on us because we were being too loud in the hotel at like 3 a.m. And we were supposed to be over to the event site at 8 a.m. Um, this particular event site didn't have any on-site camping or anything like that. So you had to stay in the hotel room. So we get to the event site, we get registered in. This is uh, at a time in AmpGuard where you had a set life count. And every time you died, you had to go back up to their book of life. And someone had your name in the book of life and would mark off a life tally for you. Um, My name's Teflon Frosthammer. Go ahead and mark one off for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that would work, except you actually have a card that you get. Uh, oh, just you... put it on Teflon's tab. Yeah, Come on. Put it on Teflon's tab. <laughs> so we do the uh, Rising Winds brings everyone their whole kingdom is there this is their really big kingdom event where they're inviting everyone else from amp guard to come and raid them and raid rules at the time were us as the raiders only had uh, a, a limited number of lives because we had lost lives on the way to make it to them and they had full lives um the terrain sounds like rising wind stacked the deck a little bit the terrain <laughs> was set so that there was this big hill and then it dipped all the way down into this low level and I looked at it and thought to myself, we're doomed because you always take the high ground, right? But they didn't. R uh, Rising Winds took the bowl, the, the little low ground there. So my, my event playing a warrior uh, for the first time was running around and collecting arrows for people and spell balls, shielding people with my very poorly made uh, shield that I had borrowed from someone, very ill-fitting shield for me. It... I, it the, the thing probably looked, uh, I forgot where mirrored, the thing probably looked this big on me, like it only covered like a little bit uh, part. And just helping people out. I learned how to play the game by taking a full support role and saying, yep. I probably can't beat anybody in a fight. So people would start charging us, and I hopped in front of our archer and said, he will not touch you, Mr. Blake. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but yeah, that was my first one. Rising Winds was super cool, very accommodating kingdom. The battle game was a lot of fun. It lasted for a long time. Winter War was actually my first, like, either out of kingdom or first kingdom event. Wow. Uh, I think it was probably two or three. Was that the one where you could use snowballs as frost balls? <laughs> I don't uh, know. The... Uh, the first one we went to didn't have uh, uh, snow, but yes, one of the ones that okay. I went to where it had snowed, if you were playing a wizard, you could make a ice ball out of the snow and hit someone with it. I also remember at Great Eastern one year, they used an old Penzik site, and they had an actual castle yep. that uh, we yeah. got to do a battle in. That was cool as shit. Yeah. Um, and a lot of events, they'll build something like that. Um, mm -hmm. I will also say all of the coolest stories come from night ditching or any type of night questing. Um, so get in on that. If you want to have memorable moments, do those things. They're awesome. Mm -hmm. Um anything else that's all i got yeah I... all right i hope we've helped tackle the uh the what the hell is amped guard question um for more questions obviously hit us up on facebook you can always ask um i think that's been a through line for every one of these episodes this really should have been the first episode for this i think it, it's gonna go as a bulk set on youtube so yeah. you know this will probably go at the front but 
if you have questions, ask. Um, either us or you can ask people in your kingdom, your park, whatever. Um, the objective here is to grow the game. So, um, yeah. Thanks, guys. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on YouTube or Spotify to get notified about new episodes. And make sure to follow us on Facebook for announcements and more.